the hard shoulder. All new stock. With the all new Nissan Juke. The coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. You're very welcome back to the hard shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock. And the pod couple are with me as they are every Thursday with another recommendation. Sarah Madden of News Talk Breakfast and Darren Cleary of Go Loud Selects. This week... Uh, we've kind of come back into the podcasting archives, such as they are, uh, to recommend S-Town. Darren, tell me about it. So it is an investigative journalism podcast from the makers of Serial. So S-Town was the, I guess it came after Serial, was the successor from the same production company. Serial was the podcast that probably changed the landscape. It took it from a, a niche entertainment audio art form into the mainstream. It was parodied on SNL. It became this kind of cultural touchstone for podcasts. And S-Town was their follow-up. So it had the same premise of the initial serial where there was a murder, a wrongdoing, a bit of whodunit. And it just morphed to be completely different to the boilerplate that they gave us at the start. Okay, Sarah, how did it? morph how did it change like what 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 is the 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 topic in this the focus yeah so um it's also by the same people who made this american life so it's sort of same family of podcasters and this american life is a uh, public radio program that people can write into and then they'll maybe do stories on the things that are written into them so it all started when John B. McElmore, who's an antiquarian horologist, very common thing, um, from the American South, emailed This American Life to ask if they would investigate an alleged murder in his hometown of Woodstock, Alabama, or S-H-I-T town, Alabama. Yeah, shit town. That's what the S town is. It's shit town. I was told we couldn't say that on air. Oh, we can always. Don't say it too much. Don't enjoy saying it as much as Kieran does. Yeah, we've said it now. Shit town, Alabama. There you go. So it begins as an investigation into one death, but it sort of starts moving into an investigation into another and there's gold and treasure hunts and secret affairs and poisonings of all kinds. So what you're left with in the, in the end is sort of less podcast and more novel, really, of sort of the American South as the backdrop, a whole host of kind of interesting ancillary characters and John B. McElmore as the protagonist in the middle. OK, well, let's take a little listen to, I think, a clip from the first episode. Is that right? It is. I'm told fixing an old clock can be maddening. You're constantly wondering if you've just spent hours going down a path that will likely take you nowhere And all you've got are these vague witness marks, which might not even mean what you think they mean. So at every moment along the way, you have to decide if you're wasting your time or not. Anyway, I only learned about all this because years ago, an antique clock restorer contacted me, John B. McLemore, and asked me to help him solve a murder. Something's happened. Something has absolutely happened in this town. There's just too much little crap for something not to have happened. And I'm about had enough of shit town and the things that goes on. <laughs> so that is John B. McElmore and Brian Reed. Is it Brian Reed is the, the, the host of it? Yes. Um Darren, I, I listened to this when it came out, so that's four years ago, I think. And so I listened back to the first episode today and it all came flooding back. Mm. Like, you're right, it does start, the premise is very much the serial premise, which was, serial was about a guy who was in prison for murder and, and essentially it was a, 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 a kind of a formula that's been copied many times since. It was the kind of the journalist reached out to and asked, I'm innocent, please investigate my crime. So they tell the story of the crime while also investigating it. It looks like it's starting this way, but as Sarah says, like it does end up as a 
a rural drama, I guess is how you'd describe it, is it? Yeah, so it starts with the murder and it's quickly established that while there's no murder. So initially, John B. McElmore alleges that the son of a rich person has murdered someone. There's a cover up. The police chief is a serial sexual offender, but it's covered up. So Brian Reed goes down there in good faith to investigate the claims that this is the most toxic town in the United States. Yeah, to give a sense of how toxic it is, the, the rich family own a lumber yard called the K3 Lumberyard in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't need to be a genius to work out what those three Ks might mean. They claim it means something else. But, you know, anyway. They also use racist language very uh, liberally, let's say. Um, But it's quickly established that there's no one dead, there's no murder, but someone does end up dead at the end of the second episode. And without spoiling too much, um, this story pivots on the fact that John B. McElmore is revealed to have taken his own life at the end of the second episode. So what you start with is a complete bait and switch and the entire story just unravels then to become this biography, this snapshot of the Deep South in America at a time when America is going through so much cultural shift because the Deep South is portrayed as, as kind of cartoon characters uh, in, in, in media. They're seen as the the after effects of, of America. Mm. And this is kind of a, a first person biography of not just John B. McElmore, but his circle and what people living in Alabama in Woodstock, Alabama are really like. They're not cartoon characters. They're fully formed people. They have their own struggles. They have their own issues. And it's a fascinating snapshot from that point of you think that it's going to be an investigation to a murder that's dead after episode two, but it becomes an even more compelling story of yeah. who is John B. McElmore. That wasn't a spoiler, was it? We're happy to... I think that's a fair enough spoiler. I think that's that's the one that changes it because I think if okay. we set this up as, and tell people it's a it's a whodunit, it's a murder mystery, they it's, it's a difficult... You know, I remember listening the first time and I wasn't expecting it and it was hard to kind of fathom and you can hear Brian Reed, it's hard for him to fathom in real time because this person he's been emailing back and forth for a year who he's gone back and forth to meet just suddenly is is dead very early on. Is it a bit exploitative? You think it is, Darren, but I don't think so. Uh, I'll let you go, Darren, and then I'll come back with my uh, rebuttal. Have you ever been informed by phone that someone you know or love has died? Has one ever rang you and told you that? No. Uh, well, I lived away for a while, so my oh, sorry. cat did die, has, and that was sorry. actually really affecting on me. Yes, it has happened <laughs> So quite recently. Sorry, <laughs> Apologies to anybody listening. Go on. <laughs> so imagine that happens and someone, a stranger who you tentatively know, you met a few times, records it, puts it in a podcast and then puts it out there for the world to see. Your story as an individual has ended because, you know, you're dead. But the story continues in a way where John B. McElmore could never have consented for this story to continue. And it goes, there's artistic liberties taken with a real person. I know we mentioned that it's there's dramatic uh, literal storytelling elements, but they're real people. And I do think that when it gets to the point where John B. McElmore has passed away and it's very much focused on the fallout and how his elderly mother, who's suffering with Alzheimer's, deals with it, how the people in his circle deal with it, I just find it's it, it verges on bad taste. I don't think Brian hey, Reed sets out to be tasteless. I think it's impossible to tastefully deal with someone's death in real time in that manner. Okay. okay. Well, I would say, do you really think that Brian Reed was invited down there by John 
to cover a murder that he clearly knew had never, never happened. He invited them down there, I imagine, because he knew he was in the end game of his life and he knew this was an important story to tell and that he was a great protagonist for it. Like, I can't imagine that John didn't think that all of these things were going to be used in some way when he killed himself. But life and death is, is not a story. It's it's not a, a narrative arc or a storytelling device. It's it's traumatic for his, his friends and his family. And if you look at it from a contextual context, you look at that Rust film where Helena Hutchins died on set. If they went back and started making that movie tomorrow, I'd say there'd be quite a bit of pushback on whether or not that was the right thing to do, mm. to continue with that project in the face of the loss of, of Helena Hutchins and the director had also been injured in, in that shooting. For me, it's it's pretty similar. Like I, I just don't understand why the brakes weren't put on it. It's a fascinating, compelling yeah. listen, but it is a little bit grotesque at times when you feel like you're eavesdropping on I, personal conversations. I, I, I loved it. I really, really loved it at the time and I kind of remembered all of that today when I listened back to the first episode. I do remember at the time thinking, though, that if this happened here... Uh, we get, there's no kind of hard and fast rules about how you deal with suicide on air, but you get guidelines from mental health charities and suicide charities. And, and those guidelines, and if you ask them your, their, your, their advice in that situation, it would have been canned here. You know, they would just say, don't, you can't deal with it. You don't really know what reasons, you know, whatever reasons you might think he had for taking his own life, whatever explanations he might have given, you never know. You never mm. know what they are. And it's just, they, anyway, I'm not saying that's a reason not to do it, but I I remember thinking at the time that wouldn't be that would have been canned here just because of our you know our, that's our interesting. Maybe I was listening to it as someone listening to a story as opposed to somebody listening to it's a great story. It's an amazing story, and I think and you're you're when you say like he is a, an amazing protagonist, yeah, he's incredible. Like all the little bits you mentioned there, like the maze and the gold mm. and, and the horology. He's a kind of a genius as well about like there's little snippets in conversation he mentions. You know, planting something, and he he kind of throws out the uh, that the Latin name for some yeah, plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's quite obviously a genius, a peculiar genius, but a genius nonetheless. Totally, and you know, he comes in. We haven't really described him much. He's got this shock of red hair. He's followed by like thirteen dogs on his property. He describes himself as a homosexual, but not all the way. He's like very contradictory in a lot of the things that he says. And as soon as you think you know him, he gives you something else. And you're like, I don't know this person at all. Like, for example, the tattoos. I don't know if you remember this, Karen. But he goes on and on about all the things that are wrong with shit town, Alabama. And one of the things he says is that all these people are covered with these awful tattoos. And then he lifts up his shirt one day and he's covered them. And what we realize then at that point is that obviously this is a man that's, you know, got massive principles. But when we realise why he's got them, he's willing to kind of forego them for the people that he loves. So Tyler, who at that point is really taken under his wing, he owns this tattoo parlour and it's kind of on its last legs. And every time it looks as though the um, there's a bill coming in that he can't pay, John ends up going in and getting another tattoo put on him. So like every time we think we know him, we don't. He's really mm-hmm. compelling listen. And maybe it's that and other sort of techniques that the the producers use that made me sort of feel like I was listening to a story and sort of... Um, gave me a bit of a gap between the sort of real life situation yeah. that I was going through. So are we, are we giving it a recommendation that people make up their own mind? Make up your own mind. I, I would say it's a really, really compelling listen. But what makes it compelling is that they're real people. But that's also for me the negative aspect because it's it's when you empathise with them, it, it gets very difficult. And I know like these people have been made famous by this podcast. They're not necessarily well grieving and in shock in any kind of frame of mind to consent to 
to this this piece of work. So that if you can get over the ethical side of whether or not it's the right thing to do to 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 put these people in this spotlight, well, then it's a really compelling listen. Mm, I'm going to give it a recommendation that people make up their own mind. Sarah. Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend it. I mean, especially from last week when we were all so neggy. We recommended a podcast and none of us even liked. So I <laughs> How did that happen again? Oh, Kieran said it was brilliant, actually. And then, I blame he, the then he jumped the fence. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the episodes I had heard were very good. And then, you know, it, it went down. Listen, we. Can't win we, all, Kieran. Yeah, we. You we, got catfished by a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Full circle, Darren. We've, we've well criticized done. last week's pick enough. Let's not uh, relitigate that. Do you want to um, go after the two Johnnies? Uh, no, <laughs> we, we will not relitigate that either. The two Johnnies are laughing all the way to the bank. Much like one of the characters, I suspect, in S-Town. Anyway, we will say no more. Tantalising teaser. Recommendations there, if people have listened to this, because quite a few people did, it was a huge success. Yeah, well, if people have listened to this and they didn't jump on the American Life bandwagon at that point, I would get involved with that. If you like narrative storytelling, it's an important listen. Um, It's the only thing that gets me up on a Monday morning at 4am when my alarm clock goes off because I work in breakfast radio like an idiot. Um, So if you enjoy that, I would have a deep dive this Christmas. Have a nice old binge. Yeah. Darren? If you are, like me, a fan of the naughties TV show Scrubs, Fake Doctors, Real Friends is a very easy listen. No one dies. It's very positive. It's very enjoyable. It's Zach Braff and Donald Faison. And it's very much so a companion piece to the TV show. Okay, there you are. There's the recommendations. Um, Scru- no, I'm not going to get into Scrubs. I don't think Scrubs... Ah, uh, don't survive. do it. Okay, let's not do it. <laughs> if you need an antidote from S-Town, a nice old laugh at Scrubs. Yeah, laugh at Scrubs. Can you laugh at Scrubs? Anyway, listen. Oh my listen, God. listen, listen. It's Christmas. Killer. Let's not be mean at Christmas. Let's not the be Grinch. mean. Grinch. Uh, tomorrow Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas, folks. Happy, happy Christmas, Christmas to you too. Yeah, we will see you uh, early in the new year as Sarah sings. Has your fuse box gone haywire? Is your water pressure too weak? Or maybe your boiler needs an upgrade. They don't last forever, you know. Well, the good news is that there's a local hero in Dublin for that. So if a block sink is not helping with Wednesday's hump day, take the hassle out of it with localheroes.ie. Our online service connects you with trusted tradespeople in your area and all work comes with a 12-month guarantee backed by Borgosh Energy. Try it out while listening to your podcast. You could get a quote in minutes at localheroes.ie. TNCs apply. Visit localheroes.ie for full details.